Hey everybody, welcome to Ask the Amigos uh, for July 2020. These are your questions and our answers. Uh, every, uh, if you are a member of our Discord community, you have the opportunity to ask us any question you like on uh, the Ask the Amigos channel and we will answer them. We start things off with the one and only, the, uh, the legend from Down Under, Graham W. Vebke. He is a legend. Legendary he, reviewer. Yeah, yeah. He's a legendary wearer of caps, too. He's got a lot of baseball caps. I like Indeed. it. I wish I'd gotten to meet him live. You're very fortunate. He's a, he's a very... He's almost like a myth. He is. Well, he's know? almost myth-like in person, too. He's, he's very subdued. He's a man of few words, but he's a man of action. That's the way I am. That's true. Um, he says, what Australian TV shows have you watched or have heard of other than Neighbors and The Crocodile Hunter? None. I can't name a single Australian show that I... No. I think I did watch a show... You know how they have the House Hunters show? Yeah. I think I watched an Australian version of that a few times on one of the, uh, you know, do-it-yourself channels or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I can't think of any, any more. I... I uh, I watch, you know, it's funny because he mentions the Crocodile Hunter, which I even though Steve Irwin obviously is Australian, I yeah. didn't think was an Australian produced show. I didn't show. know that either. Yeah, yeah I had no idea. Uh, I've but, seen zoo shows and stuff from down there, but nothing, no series. I right. mean, it's not a crack on them. It's, I don't think I've ever even seen anybody try to pitch one. You no. know what I'm saying? It's, you know, in America, we've got sort of uh, our own entertainment industry, and I think it's hard. For other countries to bust onto the scene, although uh, the, the the England has really done well as of late, they've had yeah. a lot of a lot of really big smash hits here. The Crown, Downton Abbey, uh, those those types of shows. Uh, so, uh, and of course, Netflix has opened opened the floodgates for all kinds of stuff. But the thing with Netflix is, unless you're looking for it, you'll never find it. You yeah. know, there was a show that Eep and I watched. We watched about ten minutes of it. This was the number one show on Netflix when when it popped up. The show's name is Floor is Lava. We've been watching that too. <laughs> it's great to watch with a kid. It's I mean it is but it's amusing. It's it's listen, they say wrestling is fixed. This is the most staged load of garbage. But I, I we do watch it and we and we like to just make fun of the idiots. Knowing that we full well couldn't get anywhere on that show. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's funny that you're watching we've been watching it too. Um it's funny because we uh you know, with with the advent of online streaming services, YouTube, etc., in 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 theory, everybody is watching totally different things, and nobody knows anything. But because of the way these recommendation engines work, you know, they pop right up, and you're like, "Ah, oh, that doesn't look too bad." Boom, you're on it. You know, I, you know, so. it's funny. I never ever watch any TV. I mean, mm -hmm. I, my life, except for when I record like some wrestling or something or UFC, I watch so little TV. If, if, if unless you count YouTube as TV, that's my TV. Mm -hmm. you know, I watch. The uh, uh, the Aaron of ten years ago would be baffled at this. I mean, I but I mean, because I used to consume TV at an alarming rate, you know, like Hose, but I, not anymore, man. So would would you say that? Have you talked to Hose lately? Is he still on the TV schedule? Does he? Still... I I'll find out tonight when I see him. I'll mm. tell, I'll let it. I'll ask him. It's it's amazing to me that you and Hose were you know pretty much best buds, you know. Yeah. And the amount of times that I've actually seen you together since I moved back to the states in 2010 has been less than less than 10 times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, who gets to? People get to a certain age; they don't hang out that much. I mean, really, in all honesty, you know, I'm not host, but also when you just you're busy, family stuff and whatnot, you know. So 
it's tough between that and work. It's a difficult thing. Yeah. Plus, my situation was not conducive to having big gatherings. That's for a true. Long time, That's so. true. All right. Next up, uh, he says this is uh, another one for Graham. He says Australia has recently commenced com competitive sports again, but I really miss the MLB, and I can't see starting a season in 2020 myself. Though they are trying for late July. What's your opinion on this and the upcoming NFL season? Um, my honest opinion, mm -hmm. doomed. Uh, Duke, like Duke Nukem 3D? No, doomed. All doomed. Okay, like Dr. Uh, Doom. I don't see, I mean, if you look around the States, and we are not Australia or New Zealand or one of these more, or Japan, we're the good old USA. We're going to do everything the dumbest, slowest, most idiotic way. We're going to suffer a heavy toll. So, and I hope I'm wrong. We were just talking about this, but my I suspect as um, as the COVID cases climb dramatically, with many states just yesterday reporting their highest daily total ever. Mm -hmm. You know, despite the fact this was supposed to be vanquished, <laughs> um, I suspect there will be no uh, MLB season or uh, um, any other seasons unless this subsides. Now, football. It's possible that if, if the if the virus uh, uh, is under control more or less by October or November, they might be able to sneak some time in. But I'm, right now, given what I've seen, I'm not optimistic that anyone can get their act together. Listen, you know, I watch wrestling, and they barreled on through uh, this COVID thing. And now there's tons and dozens of wrestlers have come up with COVID, mm -hmm. okay, and their families, right? Um the uh, same thing's happening with full teams, the Cowboys, the uh, uh, basketball players. They're, they're, <clears throat> they're, they're, it's a team sport. You're all there together, and they're getting each other sick. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not rocket science. You, it just don't work. And you're going to put fans in the stands. Even if you play in empty arenas, that would be the only way you could do it. I don't think there's any chance of any fans showing up to this thing. Uh, but it's possible they may put on games. But, I mean... I've watched a bunch of wrestling without fans, and it sucks. And I don't really – I'm not keen on watching baseball or football without any fans in the stands. It just doesn't do it for me. What do you think? I think that they're going to try. You know, they're going to try. Baseball is going to push forward. Lord knows they've taken long enough to come to an agreement. Um, baseball Did they is, come to one? Yeah, oh, yeah. They're going to start on July 24th. Um, they're going to do a 60-game season. Um, they're, again, it's – it's one of those things where everything's going to be great until people start coming down with this thing. And then what are you going to do when, you know, half your roster has it, you know, yeah. and you can't just stop the season for two weeks in the middle of the season as people recover. Individual sports like golf are much better off because yeah. like, for example, uh, there's a guy, Webb Simpson, he won last week. This week he's not competing because uh, he thinks that it's possible that he might have contracted it. Okay, there's a couple other people that have stepped out. But there's always more golfers that are willing to step in. But you can't just slot people into a Major League Baseball team, and especially not an NFL team. I mean, you can't just put people on the O-line and expect them to be able to do blocking assignments and stuff like that. It doesn't work that way. Well, you know, as we know, baseball and football are big, big business, big money. All right, huge money. Mm -hmm. um, and so I know the answer to this question before I ask it, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Given the current conditions, okay, why? Why? I was telling Luke this in the car as we were driving home. We were looking at all the people scattered out without masks. And, I, and 
we were talking, and I said, listen, you know, my philosophy on this is why take a chance? And it should be everyone's philosophy. You don't, it, why, I mean, listen, it could be baloney, it could blow over, whatever. Why take a chance? We can't do without baseball and football for a, a year so no one gets killed. Is it worth anyone getting killed so someone can watch baseball and somebody get paid? It's not. I know that's, you know, in terms of money, that's a ridiculous statement, but I just don't see the point of it. And I'm not going to. I'm not going to go crazy watching baseball and football. It's tough enough to watch wrestling now with all that's going on, you know. Eh. I yeah. mean, the virus has done a good job of ruining things. It's just, but that's just we have to sit and wait. That's all you can do. Yeah. Uh, Graham's third question is: When the Amigos West Virginia Convention 2122 gathers momentum, can a certain lunatic from Australia fly into Charleston or somewhere else near Hurricane from a major U.S. airport? Or are you stuck with the bus and or carpooling from these interstate major airports? So Graham asks, if he flies to uh, to uh, to West Virginia for uh, the Amiga convention here in Hurricane 21, uh, 2021, um, does he have to take a bus? And my answer is, Graham, if you, drive, if you come here from Australia, I will physically drive to Yeager yeah. Airport in Charleston and escort you in my 2018 Hyundai Sonata to the site of Amiga, and that goes for anybody. If you're flying here from overseas, you will get the personal escort from me to, yeah, uh, to attend the convention. That's what I was thinking. We'll put you up. Hell, yeah. I don't care. You know, I will say her uh, Hurricane is only about, uh, what, about 40 minutes from the airport, boat. Mm -hmm. Yep. So it's, I mean, it's a lot easier than probably almost every major city, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah, you can you get... You would be home in a half hour. Right, <laughs> You'd right. You'd be at a and, house. And Jaeger Airport is, it's the perfect airport because it's ultra small. You literally, you walk out of the gate, you walk up the stairs, and you're at the door. So, um, especially in pre pre nine eleven, I mean, it was it was a, it was a party time every time you went on a plane compared to going to somewhere like Atlanta or Chicago. So yeah. yes, uh, anybody that uh, will will receive a free trip uh, to the uh, Wyndham Hotel in Hurricane, where the site of Amiga Convention yet to be named Amiga Convention twenty twenty one in Hurricane. This convention, Jeez. It's, it's going, it's happening, it's a thing. Question number four, have you ever considered doing more shows, interviews, question time, inviting on long-term members of the Everything Amiga community to participate by video or audio, or perhaps something live-streamed a la Amiga Ireland 2020 roundtable style? We have. In fact, Boat was putting something together way back. We, but we, a lot of stuff has almost happened. We've talked about doing stuff. Uh, uh, in fact, we were, we had a, a lot more plans this year that sort of got the kibosh put on, didn't they, Boat? Because mm -hmm. we were going to, for one thing, we were going to go to a lot more conventions this year. This yeah. was the year. What yeah, the we talked about we were actually going to go down to Atlanta, BCFSE, yeah. stuff like that. Uh, but And in terms of uh, doing stuff with, uh, with uh, you know, our buddies, listen, I'm always ready for any kind of action, as obviously – Boat had a master system thing that he almost started up with one of the uh, who was that was that Folds that was Folds yeah, and then uh, 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 listen I'll I'll like I'll look at the community I've talked to Boat about this many times I would love for anyone that listens to us I mean we are the pinpoint poster boys for the for the statement anyone can do any <laughs> we don't know anything we don't have any technical prowess we we barely can speak coherently. So really, anyone has a good shot at putting something interesting together. I like to hear, uh, you know, uh, when Eric and Cody put together Pixel uh, Garden, 
I, I like that. Uh, I like, uh, you know, a retro hour. These are all buddies. They're, they're good stuff. They're way better <laughs> than we are. You know, uh, it's, I love, I like, uh, I like when there's collaborations. I like, I love that stuff. Uh, Kilobytes of Caffeine's got uh, his channel going. You know, I mean, gosh, how many people are, uh, that are in our community, both that have their own thing. I mean, it, there's already a lot. Of, uh, Pixels Don does a lot of streaming. Mr. Cola does a lot of streaming. Of course, Ravi's all, got all kinds of action going on. I mean, there's tons of stuff going on in there, both. Yeah, my big thing is like I don't mind hosting something like that, or you know, like being part of it. But it's it's difficult for me to come up with like fun things to talk about. And so, like, uh, you, yeah, like whenever you pull we pull stuff out of your butt all the whenever, time. Whenever we did the Amigos Roundtable at Amiga Ireland, this is how it went. I did like the first fifteen minutes, and it sucked. And then I was like, okay, I'm turning off the recorder, and I, I, I made a motion as if I was doing it. Of course, I did not do it because then we all just started talking like normal, and everything was great. And so maybe that's what we need to do. We just all need to sign on and just start talking. You gotta have. There's always somebody that stirs the drink, boat, you know. And in that community, there's probably 50 straws. So, but you know, I, I love it. I, like I said, I'm always open to anything, you know. In yeah. fact, I don't know if you you listen to Pixel Gaiden this week. They talked about the demise of our shows, and they had all these wacky ideas with the, with uh, doing something with the, with the Sinclair show. And and uh, I urged them to jump into the Sinclair, the Sinclair show arena. The Sinclair is, for at least on the American side, is untapped mm -hmm. boat. And we had a lot of fun tapping. We were going crazy in that. I loved it. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like it's great. And, and we always talked about our, remember our uh, our virtual uh, uh, computer uh, club meeting? Oh, that yeah. still could happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's a great, I still think that's great with some Zoom or something. Yeah. Some role-playing stuff. Uh, uh, we need to get some of that going again. It's just a matter of kind of things went sideways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, Mitsuyama asks, if you were digitized and sucked into a video game like Tron, which game would you choose? Uh, what do you got? Um, I'll, my answer to this is always Chulip. Chulip is a PlayStation 2 game set in rural Japan. It's a wacky, uh, wacky game with a wacky setting. And um, I don't know. I've always just wanted to live in it. That or the world of Persona 4. Hmm. I'm going to go with bar games. <laughs> that is your life, though. <laughs> I figure I could. I, I I do pretty well at that. So what are <laughs> remind me? What are the games in bar games again? Well, you've got that uh, bizarre card or that dice game. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Then you've got the wet T-shirt contest game. Then you've got the pick up the chick game. Uh, then you've got like there's a shuffleboard or something in there. I mean, uh, uh air hockey or something in there. Um, I don't know. Something else doesn't matter. So, Good would stuff. you say would you say that you have uh, you've competed in all of these events in real life? No, I've never played the liar's dice. I've never, I've never dumped water on the chicks. No, but I bet you've been to a couple wet t-shirt contests in your time. I got a third place trophy. <laughs> I didn't mean as a contestant, but I admire oh, you even more now. No. Listen. <laughs> Not at liberty to divulge that, sir. Have you been watching what's happening to people on Twitter and stuff? They say one wrong thing, career over. Mm -hmm. Not going there, boat. Uh, let's see. Lobsterminator asks if you could make any game uh, appear by snapping your fingers, what would your dream game be like? 
it would be some kind of really awesome virtual reality game. Because despite how my beating down on that community and all the games, uh, I want it to succeed desperately. Uh, and it's me and Brent, we're, one thing we do agree on is that VR should and could be awesome. Uh, and I've heard good things about the, the new Half-Life Alex, that's what it's called. Uh, but I want a real awesome, immersive, I don't care what the game is. I want something immersive, virtual reality game. That's what I would. That's what I would want to see. Mm-hmm. What about yourself? Uh, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I would love to have a game that's sort of like. Uh, did you ever play Mass Effect? Uh, I've seen it played. I've not played it myself. Okay, I'd love to have a space, like role playing game, that has an infinite galaxy, sort of like if you think of, if you take No Man's Sky. And you mix it with um, with Mass Effect, that would be my perfect game. Like I would love to be able to, you know, dock on a planet, go around, you know, uh, talk to people, do various things, and then all of a sudden, like somebody notices that you're actually a smuggler, so they're chasing you back to your ship. You know, you yeah. jump into your ship and you take off, and you just barely beat them out of there. Isn't Man, there a new, isn't there a game that's been in production for like four billion years? Yeah, Star Citizen is what Star, you're thinking it. of. Yeah, that's that's sort of where you're going, right? I mean, that's yeah. what the guy was after. That is the promise of Star Citizen. However, it did not did not deliver. All right, uh, let's see. Chris Folds asks, "Have you ever thought of going vegan or vegetarian?" <laughs> no. Uh, I actually I went vegetarian for uh, for Lent last year. And it was an interesting experience. It was not as difficult as I thought it was. Um, the uh, but I didn't. I, I mean, of course, I missed eating meat, but it wasn't nearly as difficult as giving up carbs. When I did the diet thing a couple years ago, that was way, way, way harder than going vegetarian. Man, and as as <laughs> as we are personally acquainted with uh, several vegetarians that don't eat quite as well as they should, I think that it, it stands the test that it's a lot easier to uh eat go vegetarian than to eat healthy uh, the chud is the master of the, he's the i wasn't going to name names i wasn't going to name names vegetarian of all time <laughs> by, by a long shot you're right though man i've never been so hungry for cereal and bread yeah, man. in my life as i mm-hmm. was when i was low carb and... eating those vienna sausages all the time mm-hmm. that's all I mean, it's, you get sick of it don't yeah, you yeah i got so i got so sick of it i was like <laughs> please no more um Paul asks, uh, this is Paul, a.k.a. Hermsky. He says, have you seen the film Yesterday? Name any Yesterday. Ga- name any game you would like removed from history so you can reinvent it. So yeah, if you if you haven't seen Yesterday, which I haven't, but I know what the, 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 the premise is. The premise is the Beatles never existed. And this guy gets a chance to actually like record all the Beatles songs and people think he's a genius because he's, he's, he's come up with the Beatles songs. So, I can see that. That sounds great. Yeah. So imagine if there was a game that never existed that you could bring to market what game would you bring to market, and what changes would you make to it to make it even better? Oh boy, gosh, what a question that is, eh? That's that's not an easy one. Do you have anything that, in the tip of your brain? This is a tough one because a lot of the games that I like, I wouldn't really make substantial changes to. Um, yeah, I, I I don't have a good. I guess maybe uh, if actually no, I take it back. This is what I would do. I would go back in time, and uh, I would be—I would erase King's Quest One from the world, okay? Mm-hmm. And I would re-release it when I would bring it to market for the first time. I would eliminate anything that involved uh, unnecessary deaths or things that you only get one shot to do 
You know, I would I would eliminate the unforgiving nature of those games, and I would basically accelerate the trend that the LucasArts games brought about like five years later, where it's like, hey, this is an adventure game. Feel free to do whatever you want, because you can never really screw anything up so bad that you can't go back and fix it. That's that's pretty good. I was thinking much more idiotic. <laughs> like, just for no good reason, when you make Pong, just change the name to Dong. And then have people have to say that throughout history. But the Wii <laughs> stepped in and took care of that for me. So that little joke went down what, the what about if you could go back in time and release Blood Money as just an intro demo and not actually include the rest of the game? Well, uh, the rest of the game, you know, it's funny. I've been playing, uh, obviously, a lot of the Unamiga. And, and I've been playing all these games for the first time with a gamepad. Mm-hmm. And the gamepad makes a world of difference in the enjoyment of these games. And Blood Money is one of the ones I was I enjoyed more mm. uh, with the, with the gamepad. I actually control it a lot better. Uh, you know, if I would go back and change a game, this is a tough question. I think I would go back to uh, EverQuest. Mm-hmm. And what I would do is change the game in a way that you could eliminate grievers and and poachers and people that just made the game unpleasant for everybody else because I think that was the beginning of rampant jerk jerkiness on an online game. How would you spread. do that though? What would you do to well, eliminate? Listen, the now grievers? we didn't have you didn't hit. I don't have to come up with. The okay, idea. I, I was just kidding. Hey, you're right. You don't have to tell me how you do it. You yeah. just would. Okay. Good question, Paul. Thank you. Um. Part two from Paul. Now choose a system to reinvent. This is a lot better for me. This is a lot easier. All right, go ahead. All right. Coleco Adam, baby. Oh, wow. You you take all of the... Because Coleco was riding high in 83, right? They, they, this sounds familiar. This answer. They they uh, <laughs> they'd come you know they'd come out with this blockbuster system that played arcade games better than any other system that came before it. Okay, and they yeah. had a chance to make it even better by adding computer capabilities to it. Okay. Yeah. So what you do is you don't release the Coleco Atom. You, <laughs> you just don't or release you it. you give it computer abilities. But also <laughs> it'd be handy when you're in their computer. You just you don't. Know. You continue to ride the high tide of the ColecoVision. You continue to court developers. You keep getting like universal. You, you keep going into Japan, finding all the best arcade games that you can cheaply license, bringing them out. Think about how long Atari rode the 2600 into the ground. I mean, they rode it up until like 1991 or something. Well, uh, they did the same thing with their 8-bits, too. Right, They right. rode them until they died. Yeah. Now, I mean, like, in terms of moving the industry forward, that's not a great idea. But in terms of, like, giving value to your shell- your shareholders and also making the people that bought your system in the first place happy, that's the way to do it. Now, I think this is a much easier question to answer because you can look at every system that's ever been released since the beginning of the time and pinpoint things that they did wrong. Did he, did he specify console? Or no, any any system. I've been, you know, we've there's been a lot of uh, discussion about the Amiga three thousand and the four thousand, the six hundred, the, the later Amiga stuff where they tanked it, mm-hmm. you know. And it would be awful nice to have seen uh, Amiga finish the development on that new chipset and then put something out like a 4000 or a, or a 1200 that had that literally was on an even playing field or even ahead of the PC of the day that's what i would like to see Amiga it's funny i play with it a lot and it still plays it still works well it was still the OS on it was really good uh, they 
drop the ball. I mean, obviously, it's so it's so secret uh, that that it was ran by an idiot. Uh, but I, I think if they had finished that R and D, developed the chipset, and put out a comparable item, I would like to have seen what would have developed. Because I think you could have had. You're not going to defeat the PC, but what you could be is another like another Apple yeah, computer. Yeah, another Apple, right. Something 3 or 4% of the market share, which if you look at the total PC market share, that's not a low number. I mean, you can stay right. you can stay afloat. So Of course, the, the flip side of that is boat. We we if that had happened, we could all be sort of Apple jerks, just like we'd True. be Amiga jerks. True. Do we need another another faction of jerks? Lord knows we don't need more Amiga jerks out there. There's enough in our current reality as it is. All right, Retro Erland writes, the recently christened Retro Erland, what was your first CD-ROM experience? Oh, oh God. Oh, let me think back. First CD-ROM, it was, it was definitely a PC game. Mm -hmm. uh, it would have been, you know, Rich got a, a CD-ROM for one of his computers. And was so Rich a big computer guy? Oh, yeah. He mm. had Amigas, and he did music. So he mm. used his Amigas to do music, and, and then PCs. Um, it was either The Seventh Guest, or um, there was a really stupid racing game. I'm trying to think of the name of I remember the host of it was just sort of like a game. It was like a futuristic road racing game that came on CD. It could have been that. It could have also been, I think there was a battle chess, like Deluxe. It could have been, it was one of those three or four games right there. Uh, and I remember being under, I mean, when you see, oh, another one, it was the uh, Encyclopedia. Mm. That's not really a game. But, you know, when you see that streaming video, which mm -hmm. something you weren't usually seeing, and you hear the audio, it, it was impressive. But, I mean, the game was no good. Yeah. No, no good. No, uh, it wasn't Death Track. For me, uh, the first... It's funny because I have, early on in my life, I had a love-hate relationship with the CD-ROM. Um, I think probably my first experience with CD-ROM stuff was my dad when he bought our first modern PC, which was a, a Pentium 1. Um, he bought uh, the Encarta Encyclopedia. Do you remember mm -hmm. that? Microsoft yeah, yeah, Encarta. Yeah. And again, just like you, being able to watch video on your computer was like mind-blowing. And all yeah. the audio clips and stuff like that. Yeah. I used to just sit and listen. You could you could pull up a directory of all the sound clips. I just listened to them all. Yeah. I didn't care what they were. It was, it was always the same stuff, too. You had uh, Martin Luther King, and you mm -hmm. had uh, JFK, mm -hmm. you know, the guys land on the moon. It was the same stuff over and over. I mean, it was, that's the famous bit. Right, you know, you right, right. Um, now... When uh, then the first gaming CD-ROM experience that I had was uh, I went over to Kmart and I wanted to buy a King's Quest game. Yeah. Okay. So I bought King's Quest, and at this time, you know, I was used to getting software that was well. I guess I wasn't really used to it because just like you, I pirated most of my stuff. But um, you know, I could tell that something was amiss because the box was incredibly light. And this was the first. I think this might have been the first CD-ROM release of a King's Quest game. Yeah, and all it had was the disc in there. It didn't have, and it was like just go to the manual on the disc if you need to refer to it. And playing a King's Quest game that is no good because you need to have like lots of other stuff. Oh, have I lost you, Aaron? I've lost my internet has gone down. All right, we'll pause this. Yeah. Okay. Now next, what was your first music CD, Aaron? Uh, well, it wasn't a CD. Oh, it, my first CD. Um, what was it? 
Well, I mean, I had records and stuff before CD. Well, no, no, no. That's know, not that's not what he's asking. He's asking for your first music CD. I, I'm trying to think of what it was. Because um, I, I, I think the first batch of CDs I bought was one of those, like, spend a penny gimmicks. Oh, yeah, those? the Columbia, Columbia House. And so I got, like, a ton of CDs. In fact, mm. that's where the majority of my CDs came from. So... I would say it uh, amongst the things that I got were the Eagles greatest hits, um, a uh, um, the uh, Charlie uh, uh, CCR you know, greatest hits stuff because I was trying to maximize what I got for the sure. price. Yeah, those suckers weren't cheap. Mm-hmm. I don't think I bought a single CD as my first CD. Mm. I I remember my first CD. I remember the first CD my family ever bought because my my father bought a CD player before I had my own. And uh, the first CD that he bought was a Reba McIntyre CD. Mm. So that was my that was my first experience with the CD as a format. The first CD I ever bought uh, as my own was the Alvin and the Chipmunks Greatest Hits CD. And I do not regret (laughs) that purchase. It was it was good. It was good. What a geek. All right. Alien Breeder asks. If there were to be a new Amiga, what would it need to have in order to be as revolutionary as the original was? If it came out today. Right. So imagine like a new computer system just with the Amiga name on it. What would it need to have? This is sort of out of my price range, out of my ability range. To me, I mean, now listen, what do all computers have now? They've got to be fast and... I think the uh, uh, and of course what do we have now the of course PCs have caught up to what the Amiga could do uh, in particular that was special uh, but uh, I think what I'd like to see now is something this is it's gonna blow your mind I want to see it go in the exact opposite direction boat I want a like sort of like a Raspberry Pi was I want a competent reliable machine that can that you could purchase in in complete. For under like 50 bucks. That's what mm-hmm. I want. So the real super cheap. And what this would mean would mean, you know how the uh, original Amiga had all these custom chips, right? Mm-hmm. This would be the mother of all, you know, they, uh, of all custom chips. So like they had the Atari on a chip. Right? This would be like all your motherboards. So sort of like the Pi on like a few chips to make it super cost effective. Uh, and like a, basically like a more powerful, more capable Raspberry Pi. Uh, and in terms of uh, if it was an Amiga, it had to have its own OS. So we have to see some sort of uh, evol- evolution in that area that would that could take into account the the uh, lighter, sleeker design, you know. So th- I want something light, sleek, like a like a race car, but like a discount race car, basically. How's that? Okay. Well, I want to go the totally different way than you. Um, I think if the Amiga were to come out, because right now we've already got a like a cheap computer, we've already got the Raspberry Pi, so we don't need another one of those. What we need is something that's so cutting edge that nobody can even uh, can even conceptualize how great it is, okay? Because if you remember when the Amiga came out, it did so many things better and differently than any existing system at the time. That's what I want out of a new Amiga. I don't want a cut rate like, you know, Raspberry Pi clone. That's garbage. Well, I what I want... I want, it, I want it to be better. What I, I want, want is the full-on... Um, uh, the full-on minority report display included with a box. I want a box and I want a sort of display unit that lets me with my fingers move across different reports and things like that. Uh Okay. I want it to be AR, BR, XR, the best R. Okay. I want it to be reality, reality. 
okay? Uh -huh. That's the only way that I feel like Amiga could make as big of a splash. Because remember, the question is, what would it have to have in order to be as revolutionary as the original was? If you make a better Raspberry Pi, that's not going to be revolutionary. This well, thing, what you've got to have is you've got to have something that combines alternate reality, or not alternate, but what are they, what is the A and air? Augmented, there we go. Augmented reality and virtual reality together. Plus the fact it's got to look super cool. Like the case, it can't look lame like the freaking 500. It's got to freaking look like a walker, but it's got to be a glass walker. Transparent walker. That's the code name. Bam. Yeah. See, I tried to base mine in something that could exist. But if we're going to That's go to the, first super, into the world of the super whamadine 8 million super machine, then I'm with you. I want the I want the thing I want something that can replicate stuff like mm -hmm. a Star Trek. Mm -hmm. I want VR that's like Star Trek. Yep. I want the Star Trek computer. That's what I want. Hit pause for a minute, boat. All right. Keep them coming. All right. Next up, Rushi asks, "Do you feel Joe Exotic will ever financially recover from having his zoo stolen by Carol Baskin?" Uh, no. Okay. Rushi also asks. Do you like films about gladiators? Um, no. Okay. Come to ha think of it. Have you ever been to a Turkish bath? No. Okay. Who's more annoying, Jar Jar Binks or Wesley Crusher? Jar Jar, by a long way, yeah. What's the most recent Lego set that you've built? How long did it take? Uh, Pokemon Cheapo uh, birthday regulation size, you know, like eight bucker. It took me about probably 35 minutes or so, yeah. Mm. Uh, and did you take it back apart after you were done? No. I Once I, once I put it together with Luke, I don't ever want to see it again. <laughs> Paul, a.k.a. Hermsky, asks, what's the most epic way you've seen someone quit or be fired? This has <laughs> got to take you back to Lexmark. I'm sure you saw lots of people get fired at Lexmark. The most epic way I can't go into because it, was, it involves my recent employer, but oh, it was okay. epic. <laughs> uh, the uh, uh, I'm trying to think of any crazy firings, like where people get drug out. Most of the jobs I've had were like they weren't that kind of job, man. You know what I'm saying? They uh, uh, so uh, I don't remember any. I've seen people get mad and quit, but I've never seen them got like get the boot. You know, I you know my boss at the computer store would fire people on the sly. Hmm. Like he would just, he would basically just be like, "Here, here's your last day's pay. Like, uh, I, we don't have business for you anymore, so I'm gonna have to let you go. That kind of stuff." How many texts did the boss employ? Oh well, it's only me, and there was a, a other girl who was sort of my uh, trainee mm -hmm. for a while, Sam. And Sam was Sam was uh, a cute girl. She was good. She was pretty good. Yeah, she's okay at repairing. But she had no, like, uh, phone skills. Mm. And phone skills are, like, 70% of the job. Mm. You know, especially when you screw something up and you've mm -hmm. got to explain how you didn't screw it up and it's their fault. Right. you got to be on point with your with your malarkey and your mumbo-jumbo. Otherwise, they could think it was your fault. Sure. You don't want that. You don't want that at all. Or they don't want to pay the bill. You know, you got to get that over. Mm -hmm. uh, man, I'm so glad I don't have to work the phone anymore. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. But no, I didn't. What about you? Did you were you were a teacher for a long time. You were seeing get pulled well, out of there. I saw firsthand, um, not really firsthand, but when I worked in uh, Newport News, Virginia, 
I first moved down there. This is a an crazy escapade where I moved down to this the city. I got an apartment, and then I was like, oh yeah, I should probably get a job, which you should always do that in the opposite direction. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. I, I called up the music supervisor, and I was like, hey, you got any you got any music teacher jobs? And he's like, yeah. And I found out that the guy, uh, this was like in the dead of winter. And do you remember the old portable classrooms? This was sort of after your time. The old trailers? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, but, the, hey, there's a Lexmark, yeah. Okay. But, well, you know, in the States, uh, a lot of times when schools make the decision to expand, it's because they've got 90 to 1,000 of these trailers outside of their schools. And they're like, we need to bring these people back in. But it, in Newport News at that time, lots, there were still lots of trailers. So anyway, uh, the music teacher had gotten mad at a student, and he said, okay, go sit outside. You know, and this is like in the dead of winter. I guess he just left the kid out there in the cold for like the whole classroom. So anyway, they got rid of him. But because of the way that hiring and firing works in public schools, you can't just get rid of people. You have to go through a procedure and all this stuff. Yeah. But anyway, that's the only that's the only time that I've ever actually been around. And I was never around. I never met this person, but I took this person's job. I was the one they brought in to take over for this person. So at any rate, that's my story. Uh, Paul also asks, what's the best or worst practical joke that you've played on someone or that was played on you? I don't like practical jokes. I'll be honest with you. And especially because uh, I've seen people really suffer. And I'm sure I've told you a story about the guy that they gave the fake lottery ticket. That was brutal, Boat. I'll never forget that guy. When I told him that was a fake ticket, I mean, you can literally see the moment where his spirit broke. It's yeah. brutal. Yeah. Uh, so I don't, but I have, I will say, uh, when I worked at Lexmark, we had a lot of compressed air, and also we had to use, ESD was a big thing, electrostatic discharge protection, so they had this blue lotion you had to put on all the time, and there was bottles of it everywhere, and we found out that you could take the air hoses, and you could, and you could stick them on the top of the, of the nozzle of the, of the, uh, of the squeeze bottle, and you could stick air in them. All right, and you could close them real quick. So when someone opened them up, it would just shoot all that lotion out the top, right? Like a geyser. So I saw a lot of uh, I saw a lot of people try that. And the funniest one I saw was a our slide line girl had this big curly perm, and she went over to get some of that, and she she was having trouble getting it open because it was so much air in it. So she had it like this, like right up to her face, and she popped it open, and it shot an entire thing of lo blue lotion all up in her hair. Her face was just dripping with this stuff. It was so funny. Oh, my God. Well, anyway, it didn't get over with the boss. <laughs> the old Navy guy didn't get over with that. Another time they did it was uh, I saw a guy. We had a compressed air hose. So sometimes they do the reverse. They take a bunch of that lotion and put it in the hose. So when you went to spray off your card, you would blow lotion all over it. Like, mm. You look like an idiot. Mm. And, and I worked with this guy who loved to take the air hose and make fart noises. And so he he loved this, and we all knew he did it. So somebody loaded him up, that blue stuff, while he wasn't at his desk, and then we waited for him to make these noises, and he wouldn't do it. And so my buddy in the cell, he goes, watch this, I'll get him to do it. And he made a fart noise, and that guy's ears perked up, like, oh, someone else did it. And he stuck the air hose between his legs to get the real one, and just doused himself on his crotch. And the look on his face, he was like, oh! He put his hand in there, like, oh! So those are a couple of my favorites, but for the most part, I don't do that kind of stuff because I know it's no good if you, I mean, if you have a good sense of humor and you get away with it, you know, but 
Sometimes yeah, people have I'm with you. I, I'm not in favor of practical jokes that uh, that make people feel bad. I much prefer a surprise that leads to something good, like a surprise party. It's always a good time. Surprise show. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. Stuff that ends with the person feeling good about themselves. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and Paul's final question is, what makes you roll your eyes every time you hear it? What do you? I'll let you answer that one first. What do you got? Retro Tink. <laughs> What? Just because of the name? Yeah, it's stupid. Seven twenty p. What's this HD nonsense? I don't. I don't mess with that. Aren't you the four K monitor master now? <laughs> you better get on board, pal. Um, uh, I, yeah, those are both. I can understand that. Diamond tip stylus. Really, any you know any stuff that is involved with a hobby that I can't personally see the value in, although it may be valuable, I roll my eyes at it. Yeah, I can understand that. There's, I mean, I, I don't know if I get excited some specific word or words. You know, and some of the eye-rolling isn't fair, to be honest. It's all personal. No, it's n- none of it's fair. None of it's but fair. But I'll, I'll watch people go to the great lengths to do something really simple, and I'm just like, man. I mean, I don't mean simple, but, like, that just seems so inconsequential. Mm-hmm. Whenever I see that, I think to myself, this guy has let his hobby overpower his. It's consent. like using a real amigo when emulation will do. That's right. Every single time, I roll my eyes. All the time. Mm-hmm. I was sitting here with this other amiga, and I thought to myself, "This is the stupidest situation I've ever been in. I've got a, I've got a." I've got a fake Amiga in a broken case, <laughs> and I've got an open source scan converter. I hooked up with a VGA converter. I like I got all these cords where I'm like, this is an eye roll. You've mostly. become what you've hated the most. It happens to the best of us. Well, if it wasn't for streaming, I wouldn't have bothered. But now you know you do it once and you got it covered. That's mm. the way I figured. So, but yeah, I, I I roll my eyes all the time at people. But in all honesty, I've got no room to do that because you know I got no room to do it. And I know that. Dave Velociraptor asks, how do you choose the order of Patreon lyrics for a mystery Patreon song? Um, So what happened was, originally, it was just the order that people signed up with. But then there was a time when I I actually took a lot of time with Patreon songs. It was the first time that I started using the guitar. Yeah. And whenever you're using the guitar and you're having to look at chords and look at people's names and reconfigure the melody to make it line up, uh, I had to redo the, the people's names, but eventually I was like, you know what? This is way too much work to, to make this happen. <laughs> so I left the, the I left the names in the order that they were for the last Patreon song. So for the most part, I'd say half the first half of the names on the Patreon song are in order of sign up, and the last half are from the last time that I tried to like make things set up in whatever lyric I was trying to sing to. What I like about you, Boat, and you approach the lyrics like you do a lot of things. You come up with an idea, right? Mm-hmm. You you do it. Mm-hmm. Then you get into it. Then you become obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. And then at some point during the obsession, you get you're like, "What am I doing?" <laughs> and then you either scale it back or just eliminate it. That's the second the is way. most of the way. Yeah, just elimination, elimination. Because I've I've talked to you so many times. You're like. My God, I'm doing this, and I'm, I'm like, but what are you doing? That's madness. No one's even gonna know you're doing that. Oh no, I got to. I did like later on. I'd be like, well, how'd that go? I got rid of that. Yeah, <laughs> that's happened so many times. <laughs> it's the story of my life. All right, Chris Folds asks, Desert Island arcade machines. Pick three. Man, man. Well, uh, I would go with uh, Donkey Kong. WrestleFest and 
Um, I was thinking about this last one. How about... Uh, oh, God. I'm trying to get the third one. Go ahead. I'll, I'll think of it. You name a couple. Uh, let's see. I've had time to think about this one. Uh, I would go with Do Run Run, my number one favorite arcade game of all time. Uh, number two, I'd go with Tapper because you got the cool beer tap thing with the bar leg and all that stuff, the, the rail. Yeah. And number three, I'd want some sort of high-tech simulation. Uh, I in, in On the Discord, I put my, um, the, uh, the Ferrari simulator cockpit oh, yeah. thing. But yeah. uh, Brent posted some even more wacky thing that, that got me interested in that. It was some sort of plane simulator. So I'd want something like super, super simple, something cool like Tapper, and then something way, way, way complicated. I think I, my third game, I think you hit a nerve in my head. Probably just so I could stare at it in a, in a quiet uh, uh, salute would be the cockpit cool guy version of Star Wars. Mm. That would be fun. I'd like yeah. to have that. Yeah, and it's a good machine. Hopefully someone can keep that monitor working on that desert island. because <laughs> Those are brutal. But yeah, it's tough to narrow it down to three. It is. Uh, Paul asks, between the two of you, who is the better game player? We both have our specialties, don't we, Boat? I think that was what I was going to say. I say it depends on the game. I would say Boat, and the reason I say that is, I mean, Boat had a lot of years on the Nintendo that honed his skills, and I really have, I, I, I mean, and I'll admit it, uh, I've been in emulation and stuff for so long that I, I do bebop around. And so and so we get hooked on a game, like when me and Chad are having a Mr. Do competition or Time Pilot or something. And I'll get pretty good at those games, but I'm 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 more like the jack of all trades type. I, I'm not really great. I mean, there are a few games I'm top shelf at, but for the most part, I'm mediocre to low end on most games. So. Um, I I think definitely any any fighting game you're going to beat the pants off me because I never yeah. got into fighting games, and that's that's something that you. Did. I think that we'll both agree that your brother is the 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 better of all of us. I mean, I think your brother oh, is in ha, yeah oh, in yeah. gameplay. He he just has a natural gift. For yeah, video Brent, games. Brent is very good. I mean, he we, he won the contest at Gen Con that one year. I mean, mm-hmm. that's and that was <laughs> and that was a retro game. Some of those games are, you know, he was a little kid when he played them last time. He crushed everybody. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, he's, he's very good. good. Yeah. Um, who do you think is more competitive, you or I? Boat is in. He's not. He's an, an, an unconventional competitive guy. I think. Like, I think he does, he won't say, like, I'm going to kick your butt at something, but if you're doing something, he's going to try to top you. Uh, uh, I, I'm, am I competitive? Yes. I'm pretty, I'm competitive. I like to win, but it's not like, I don't, I wouldn't say I'm super. I don't think either one of us are like mega competitive. No, you? no I, I, I don't consider myself to be that competitive. I like to go out and have a good time. Um, oh, thanks, Boat. You just see right there. You just did it. <laughs> you corrected my conventional statement. That's what I'm talking about right there. That's you just I'm rolling my eyes at that. I uh, to me, when things get too competitive, I stop having fun. You know, when people are getting mad and angry, like the Chud. You know, the Chud. He's a competitive sort. He's a competitive fellow, and I like watching you and him go back on Mr. D's castle and stuff like that. But I don't like to be in on it. You know, I like watching people compete. But whenever people start getting serious, they start taking it really personal. To me, 
it's like that's that's what life is. You know, you shouldn't bring that into the gaming side of things. But that's just I, my I like to screw with Chad. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> and Chad is very good at his, at his selection of games. He's very good. So, mm-hmm. but it's fun, and he's so easy. He can push his button so easy. It's what I like about Chad. I mean, he, he he's great just to like screw with. I mean, yeah. and, and he'll always react. He can't help it. That makes it better. <laughs> um, and finally, who is more resilient, you or I? And I will answer this question for us. You are the most resilient person I've ever known. You bounce back like a Super Bowl. No matter what happens to you in life, you're ready to go. You can handle it. Well, thank you, Boat. That's awful nice. I think everyone's pretty resilient. When the smallest of inconveniences happen to me, I melt down immediately. And you you can attest to this firsthand. I have, uh, you know, I, I think part of it is just I don't give that bothered about stuff. But when you say bouncing back, it's it's easy to bounce back when you don't bounce that far. <laughs> I, mean, it's, I try not to let things get to me, you know, and it... Uh, uh, I've known very depressed people, and I've made a point in my life to to avoid depression, sometimes to a detriment, because sometimes you need to be depressed about stuff. But uh, I just try to let things roll off my back. My dad's the same way. We're just sort of that kind of guy. Uh, but uh, I appreciate that. But, yeah, I, I feel like I got it pretty good. You know, that's something else. If you've got it pretty good, why are you going to complain about stuff or get upset or let things bother you? You know, just keep on rolling, man. That's the way to look at life, man. You know how to do it. Kate Fox asks, how did you convince your spouses to let you have extensive game collections? Was there any major pushback? Easy for me. I don't have a spouse. <laughs> and I don't give a crap any way it goes. I'm going to do what I want. So there you go. If I had a spouse that was going to fight me on it, then she'd be out the door. Um, when we bought our house... Um, the major reason why we bought the house that we bought was because of the basement. Um, because, you know, I realized that not everybody is going to be into the things that I'm into. And, um, and not everybody, and even, even for me, you know, when I walk into a home for the first time, I don't necessarily want to see a boxed collection of Atari 2600 games, you know, like, uh, I I feel like there is a, a place for those things, and it's not necessarily the main entryway. Oh, I see um, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. I agree. Yeah, there's a you, you can't go. I mean, I don't know, but I, I you're right. You're yeah. right. And so, but, um, anyway, Eep is pretty pretty easy going because I can find all of my you know uh, game collection to this basement, and it's nice for me too because I control the size of my collection by the physical space that I have. Uh, when things start to get full down here, that's when I know it's time to either sell some stuff or stop buying stuff. And so, um, but, you know, Eep, as long as I keep things down here, when I start moving stuff up, like uh, several times I've tried to move a system or two up to the living room, and she's like, what are we doing here? And I was like, yeah, you're right. I should probably just, because it's not like I don't have a TV to play stuff in the basement. Um, she's pretty easygoing. Erin, you know Eep. You know she's a pretty easygoing girl, so I'm, I'm pretty lucky. You're extremely lucky. Eve keeps you in line mm-hmm. as best she can. Yeah, as best she and can. And you do have a great space down there. I, I I look around me now at the ridiculous lunacy of what's around me. You can't see it on camera, but strategically I've moved stuff around. But I don't have that kill switch because my philosophy for so long has been hold tightly to what you've got. It was hard to get that thing. So it's hard for me to sell stuff. Uh, despite the fact that I don't need it, in some cases don't even want it. Uh, but uh, 
there'll be a day at some point where I just have a mass sell, not because I'm getting rid of stuff. It's just, it's, I don't know why I've got it. You know, mm. like, you know, do I need seven Amiga floppy drives, but I don't use any? Well, probably not. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Chris Folds asks, do you cook? And if so, what is your signature dish? I have to cook uh, because for the family, believe it or not. And uh, my signature dish is probably spaghetti. I, I think I make a pretty good bowl of spaghetti. Mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, it's do not you like have a do you have a special recipe for your sauce? Cheap, cheap crap. I mean, listen, it's I may I can make spaghetti. That's as good as it gets. Oh, come here, buddy. Hold on a second. Come here. Come here. I want to show everybody your belt. Look, Boat. Here's the boy. Show show him your oh. belt. Get on camera here. Look at the camera. That's a nice looking belt, Luke. Now tell now oh, tell them he, he tell them how hard it was me. to get that belt. It was very hard. <laughs> very good, very good, well deserved, Luke. Smooch right here, buddy. Give me a smooch. All right, you guys have fun, Mama. Bye, bye, guys. The per that's his that's his bumblebee belt. It looks great, uh, man. Anyway, no, I like Prego sauce. Mm -hmm. um, you know the spaghetti. Do you go? I mean, do you go exotic? Do you get the one with like extra garlic or anything like that? I do. I, no. I mean, I don't... Because, like, for me, when I get red sauce, like, I don't want it to have extra junk in it. Like, I can put the extra junk in it if I want it later. I want it just as plain as it can be because I'm afraid that I don't know. Because I'm not a person that, you know, I'm not in there chopping up tomatoes and stuff. I think homemade sauce is gross, quite, quite frankly. I'm one of these people that grew up eating sauce out of a can, and I can't go to, like, eat any... Even, like, do you ever notice, like, and they don't do this anymore. And I've always wondered if it's a conspiracy. But when you order stuffed crust pizza from Pizza Hut, do you remember when they first came out with it back in the day and they would have chunks of tomato in the sauce? That was the most nasty thing I've ever eaten in my I life. I would order that without that. I hated yeah, that. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was awful. You know, honestly, Boat, and you know me pretty well, uh, and obviously you, you can see me, I have no taste when it comes to, I mean, I don't care. Uh, I don't even care what we have, but I mean, I try to do a decent job to cook some stuff that they like, mm -hmm. you know. But what is the I most a, what is the most commonly requested dish in your family? Takeout. That's the most common. They want me to get. They want to. Teresa would eat out every night for every meal. Uh, that's just the way she is. Uh, but uh, we we often eat a lot of the same stuff, mm -hmm. you know, because I I'm not a cook. I do the best I can. If it was me up on the mountain by myself. I would just be eating the same crap every night. When you, let's twice. go back to the mountain because I'm curious about this. What? What? I mean, except for the when you when you took out, of course. There, let's put that aside. But when you were cooking up on the mountain, was it still was it spaghetti? Was that your thing? No, never. Mm. You got to think I was super duper poor. So what I would eat would be dictated by how much money was in the old pot at the mm -hmm. time. Uh, lots of like, and also in Huntington, the same thing. Listen, this is. Uh, Anyone that's been on, down in their luck knows this, what you do. You go to your Kroger's or your grocery store, and you go and get the stuff that's almost past due that they sell for a discount. Mm -hmm. you, you you know shop for sales. Sales dictate a lot of what you're having. You know it's not the healthiest lifestyle, that's for sure. Uh, but uh, uh, I will say, not being so far down, it's I have the ability now to at least try some more. You know, especially with the the boy here, you got to fix a, something of some quality. Yeah, you know, but back when I was on my own, I fixed nothing of any quality, not because I didn't want it, just because I couldn't afford it. Mm, mm. Um, my, I would say my signature dish is quesadillas. 
get myself a uh, you know the the baked tortillas and mm -hmm. uh, put some clarified butter in a pan, put some cheese on there and some meat, some vegetables, flip wow. it over. Um, man, it tastes great. I love mm -hmm. quesadillas. Mm. Um, uh, all right, Lord Soup asks, chicken or fish? I don't like fish, so chicken every mm. time. I would go with chicken too, although I'm trying to eat more fish. Eep is a, it's a constant struggle for Eep to try and make me eat more healthy. Sometimes she's more successful than others, but uh, I am also a fish guy, or I'm a chicken guy, and I'm not, I'm not huge on fish, though I will say, being married to Eep for the past eight or nine years, um, I've, I've sort of wandered over to the fish side a little bit. Mm. L. Curtis Boyle asks, out of the various retro systems you have tried with real hardware, what is your favorite keyboard, joystick, and or special controller, and why? Hmm. Keyboard? I would probably have to say... Now, I'm going to take the PC out of this, because that's an obvious one, because they, you know, there's a million keyboards. Just something that had a built-in keyboard. I do really like uh, the, the Coco keyboard. Uh, and I, I would take the melted keyboard or the Coco 3 keyboard. I think it's a real solid keyboard. I think it's a real good job. Uh, joystick, uh, again, I'm going to a more of a retro thought, going back before uh, your Xboxes and mm -hmm. whatnot. You know, and listen, this is going to be a controversial pick, but I've always liked it. There's t i got two. Uh, the, uh, the, the, which you have one. You just got one. The Coco Deluxe stick. I always like that stick. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, it, it gives you the best of both worlds. And it's it's I thought it was a good quality stick. The other one I liked that no one seems to talk about, probably because it's hardwired to the system, is this, is this joystick for the uh, for the uh, Odyssey. Mm. I really like that stick too. It's it's a good solid stick. The stick feels real good. There's a lot of action on it. Uh, so both those sticks I thought were great. I mean, yeah, there are plenty of great retro sticks out there, uh, but those are the two that spring to mind for me. What, what, what do you got? Keyboard, there's no question. Uh, the Atari 1200 XL keyboard, I mean, I could type on that like I type on any modern computer. It is so far and away better than any other retro computer keyboard that I've tried before. Is it similar to the XEGS? No. I don't like it. It's this totally different. The, X, okay. the XEGS, like all of the XE keyboards, yeah. they redesign those keyboards to make them as cheap as possible and they feel horrible. Yeah, because uh, they, 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 I haven't, I don't know about the XL, 1200 XL, enough to, to make a comment yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that, that keyboard is great. And even amongst the Atari people out there, they will agree that the 1200XL, although it has many problems, the keyboard is great. My favorite classic joystick, um, you know, I like the uh, XJ500, the Epics. The problem is, is that I don't like the location of the fire button. It's okay with games where you have to do a lot of joystick movement, but any game where you have to rapidly fire, it tires out your finger pretty quick. Yeah. That's so I, I wasn't even considering the third-party stuff. Yeah, so I've probably got to go with the classic gym stick, the one that I bit the top off of and ate it. Uh, I love it's that so stick. so cheap, both. The <laughs> fire button on that is so cheap and crappy. What about just a, a non-third-party stick? Do you have a favorite? <sighs> well, you know, I haven't used the Deluxe joystick so much, you know, a ton with the, with the Tandy, yeah. but... I will say that I am looking forward to using it more. It does feel solid in the hand. It's built well. It's got a heft. A lot yep. of the things that I like in life just have to do with the weight of the object. I'm one of these people that if it feels good that's in your you hand, like me. that's right. You feel good in my hand, now, man. I'm surprised you didn't. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't say the NES uh, or the Super Nintendo sticks. I, I don't. I don't 
consider them retro because the D-pad is sort <laughs> of... NES? Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. But to yeah. me, there's like... I mean, of course I'm wrong. But yeah. when I think about like old school stuff, I think it, like the D-pad was like sort of like where the generational stiff shift happened. Like you have D-pad and the D-pad carries forward to today. No serious gamer is going to still be using a stick. I mean, maybe an analog thumbstick, but like not not a like joystick, except for your fighting game people. So I, I look at like all of the systems that were primarily joystick based as retro. Yeah. That's just my, my my thing. This is what I use the most right now. Yeah. This cheap Super Nintendo wireless knockoff because it works on the Coco. It works on the Atari. It works on the uh, Amiga. It worked. I could just, I literally could just unplug stuff. I just emailed the guy that made this little wire. So that's just like, listen, I need to order like four or five more of these things because it's so simple. Right. I don't want to screw with, I've got so many wires, but as you know, and so I will take, and this is not a bad stick, you know, for retro gaming. I, I've actually enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So there you go. And also, now, I've been using that a lot too. For a, that, yeah, in the Bluetooth. Right. And ter- now, do you, you don't use that with coin ops though, right? I do. Do you? I, sometimes I'm, I have, I'm having an issue with my with my ps4 stick like whenever i try and scroll on the wheel on coin ops the wheel just continually spins have you ever had that happen it's a windows analog issue mm. yeah mm. it's not just coin ops listen what can you say yeah i use a wired stick most of the time but i've tried because I've tried i would love i would love to use the ps4 stick and coin ops we're gonna have to talk offline for you to show me show me the ways yeah um all right Blue Train, aka Hat Chat, asks, "Can you help me remember the dumbest thing we probably ever did, or the dumbest idea we had?" Uh, well, Chad, up until the point that I got married, you acted as the catalyst on most of my dumb behavior to curtail it, because I always would have dumb ideas, and you would always be like, "You should not do that because that's dumb." Um, Pro- I mean, he was a busy man. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, probably the dumbest thing that we ever did together was, um, you know, we used to ride. We used to ride our bikes uh, over to Street Corner Comics. Aaron, I, th- I don't know that you ever went to Street uh, Corner Comics. Did, did you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Are you kidding? Think oh, who you're talking to. Well, yeah, but you were in Lexington. I mean, it was during it oh, was your, your Lexington. Okay, okay. Um, but anyway, we used to ride the normal way, which the normal way is you go, you ride down behind First Baptist Church, that hill down. I don't know. Did you ever discuss? You probably never had a, had a, an opportunity to ride. If you like, okay, picture picture First Baptist Church in your head, and you go behind. If you go up the hill behind it, you actually end up almost in my neighborhood where my parents live. Okay, uh-huh. on, off Harbor Lane Chicken Farm. Okay, yeah. So you go down that hill, and then you get onto the tracks, and then you walk the tracks down for a little bit, and then you get off the tracks, and you go down back behind the like in the you end up in that little area over by where Bat lives, um, and you go. So anyway, um, my mom she got onto this thing where she wanted me wear, to wear a helmet all the time, and I was not for wearing a helmet because I did not have a cool guy looking helmet. Nerd. I had the dorkiest looking helmet you can ever conceptualize. So you're one of the people where the crossover happened. That's right. That's right. Okay. So I was like, listen, I'm not going to wear this helmet. I need to avoid my mom because I was scared that she was going to be just out riding around and she'd see me on Main Street, you know, just like. And so what I what we did was we actually rode all the way down Virginia Avenue. To go, and it was, it was totally out of our way. It took about two and a half hours to get Street Corner Comics. That was probably the dumbest, one of the dumbest things that we ever did together. That's not that dumb. It's though. not that dumb. I'm sure there are more dumber things. Chad, if you remember more dumb things, let me know. Did you ever do anything dumb with your friends, Aaron? I never stopped. <laughs> we always do dumb stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I've, done, I've climbed mountains. I've done stupid crap that I. 
you know, play chicken with trains, a whole everything you can think of. I've probably done. Uh, one other dumb thing that involves you, sort of tangentially, is do you remember before they built all the houses behind your parents' house and you could walk up the hill to watch the fireworks? Yes. Well, one year we we were drinking Mountain Dew up there, as you do on Fourth of July, and the yeah. next year we came back up there, and there was still like an open Mountain Dew up there on the hill. So I was like, man, I'm gonna drink one of these Mountain Dews. Yeah. Let me tell you what year old Mountain Dew tastes like. It tastes yeah. like dirt. It literally tastes like dirt. <laughs> <laughs> that that's not that. Those two things aren't that dumb, but I've got it. It's like you had a pretty smart life. Yeah. Well, maybe so. Okay. Uh, Simulant asks, which do you prefer, Lion Bar or Marathon Bar? Well, I don't know what Lion Bar is. Okay. Uh, I'm looking at the pictures here on the thing, and in the UK, much like everything, they have different names for the same thing. Like Starburst is whatever that stupid thing is. Um, Marathon is Snickers, and Lion appears to be Twix. So Twix or Snickers? I would go with Twix. Twix, yeah. Really? Intra. Yeah. I was not expecting you to go that way. Yeah, I like Twix. I would go Snickers 100% of the time. Um, Simulant also asks, any, th- any thoughts on Daddy's Red Sauce? No? No. I don't know what that is, Boat. I don't know what that is either. Okay. We have no thoughts on Daddy's Literally, Red Sauce. Literally, we have no thoughts. <laughs> okay. Uh, Frodo asks, Vegemite or Marmite? Oh, I have had Vegemite. So let me tell you something. I'm going to pick Marmite because nothing can be as bad as the taste <laughs> I experienced when I had the Vegemite. Although the, uh, uh, what was the, what was that crazy stuff we got? Oh, Dunder Salt. No, no, Dunder Salt. That was, that, and I, I think Vegemite's even worse than that. Believe it or not, I still have a tube of Vegemite in my locker at work. Uh, well, I should probably throw that away. Have you, have you had have... your, have you had your partner try it yet? Oh, we've all tried. I spread it around the whole lab, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, uh, let's see here. Chris Folds asks, have you ever owned or ridden a motorcycle? Owned, oh, no, ridden, yes. Tell me about your motorcycle riding I experience. did. I've told you this before. Where I, my uncle drove me up the top of a mound of coal on one of those mini bikes, a motorcycle. It scared the crap out of me. That was pretty much my last effort on the bike. That was it? My dad had a motorcycle, too, back in the day, so I'm sure I rode up with him back when I was a kid, but... No, I just I, I'm not that kind of guy. Maybe you know those big, the big trikes that you see yeah, the guys man. driving. Mm-hmm. I could probably see myself getting on one of those. Bad I boys. could see you riding around on yeah. one of those. A big um, stogie, you know. I've never yards. been on a motorcycle before. I lived in Thailand, and when you live in when you live in Bangkok, you can't avoid it because you need to get places. You need to get places fast, and you need to ride with people that don't obey traffic laws. So what you do is you hop on the back of a motorcycle taxi. You hold on for dear life and you pray that you don't die because those people are the wildest drivers you've ever seen in your life. I, I saw that video you showed us that one time at your house, and mm-hmm. I'm never going there. So, <laughs> yeah, that was, I did most of my motorcycle riding on the back of a motorcycle taxi. I did try and learn to ride a motorcycle at Eep's house uh, before yeah. our wedding, and her aunt went insane because she thought I was going to die before our wedding, which was probably true. So, she made me not ride the motorcycle anymore. Yeah, good aunt. <laughs> um, Paul Harrington asks, what languages can you speak and what language do you wish you could? We can sort of speak English. <laughs> uh, I, I speak a little Canadian. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, truth of the matter is I don't speak any language well. I took two years of French. Mm-hmm. That didn't help, didn't take. Uh, so if I could speak any language... 
Uh, it would probably, I would say Japanese would be at the top of the list. Uh, and also, uh, Spanish would be up there. Um, and I would also like to learn like maybe Cantonese or something like that. One of the, one of the languages in, in you know, Mandarin or like that. So that like, that'd be kind of fun. Mm. Uh, but those are the ones that spring to mind. What I know you, you're worldly, but you don't speak any languages either, do you? No, no. Uh, you know, I live in Korea for two years and I did not maximize my language learning time. I would say that I know more Korean than any other language, but mm -hmm. I would say I probably I probably know close to 500 words in Korean. To be at the bare minimum for what you need in conversation, you need 2,000 words. That's the oh, bare yeah. minimum. So um, you just come across like an idiot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, I would say I'd probably know about 200 words of Thai, uh, most of them food-related. Um, and you know, it's funny cause when you travel around, when you travel in Asia, it's a different vibe because people see you and they see that you are not Asian and they expect you to be dumb, which is good because I am dumb. But yeah. when I was in France, it sucked because like, I look like a bunch of French dudes. And when I roll up and I'm like, Hey, parlay vous then they're like, man, that's no good. And so, yeah. uh, that, you do look French, but I do. I sort of, I have that, yeah. that air about me. Yeah, that um, with no hair. Actually, with or without the hair. Yeah, that's because your old haircut. That, that they could have pulled that off over in France. I yeah. Think. Now, what language would I like to know? Of course, I'd love to know Thai because I could communicate with my in-laws. Um, yeah. It is totally. You know, if I remove that that side of things from the equation, I would go with Japanese because uh, I would love to uh, to just be able to move to Japan and have no issues at all, and uh, that that would go a long way to help. Now, has has your wife tried to teach you any Thai? Uh, not really. I mean, she, she sort of realized the, the problem is, is that unless you're immersed in a language or unless you have a very good reason to be speaking it, it's hard to learn. Mm -hmm. And so if we ever move back to Thailand, you know, I'm going to, I'll double down and, I, and I'll learn it. But or um, you'll be boned. Yeah. Or I'll be boned. You'll be the, right. you'll be the Thai And that was the thing the, the only reason why I learned Korean as well as I did was because I was living in a place where there were no other foreign people. I was the only foreign guy there. And so that made me have to learn it. Uh, I, I worked in Thailand in Bangkok because I lived in Bangkok. I, I, lived, I worked with guys that had been there 10 or 20 years and they still couldn't speak a word because in Bangkok, you can get away with only knowing English. That's the thing. If you grow up speaking English, you are so lucky because you speak the world's language already. You know, you have no incentive to learn other languages versus if you grow up speaking, say, Norwegian or something, you know, like you're going you're gonna to learn English because that's where all the Amiga magazines are run. You know. <laughs> Good one. Kate Fox asks, if you could live in an Amiga games world for a day, which world would you live in? So they're all so dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh. I had to think about this for a minute because, I mean, the most beautiful worlds are the most deadly. If you want to live in the Shadow of the Beast world or your pity <laughs> world, you're going to get murdered instantly. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So you need to live somewhere... Where it's not it's not as rough and rugged. Do you have a thought on this? Theme park. Give me oh, the theme park world. I'll move right in. You know, I thought maybe you're gonna live in the Adams family mansion. No way, man. <laughs> that place Too is dangerous. Mega deadly. Yeah. <laughs> that that place is mega deadly. Um, I'm going to say um, if I could, I'm assuming you could live in a place after it's been uh, the hero has done the job. Okay. So I'm gonna live in the beautiful, lush environments provided. In the best Amiga game, Lionheart. I knew it. I knew yeah. it. Plus, plus you get, get to hear that, that guy. 
and teach him how to not look like a geek. You know, I'm going to help him be a better guy. You teach him how to strut like a man is what you're saying. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Chris Folds asks, do either of you practice any mindfulness or meditation practices? God, no. (laughs) I would love to meditate, you know, and, and I'm kind of high strung. Uh, boat it's i mean and, and i mean i have trouble i don't like to, i don't stay asleep very long uh, my sleeping's always been horrible and uh i would like to get uh, like have a restful moment that did require me to actually go to bed you know mm-hmm. meditate mm-hmm. but I, I i can't i've tried i actually tried that you know back in the day back in lexington but i don't know i just i can't get there so I, i've never had any of that stuff yeah, I you know I've tried to I've read there there's an uh, an author I really like his name's Thich Nhat Hanh he's a uh, Buddhist writer that uh, that writes a lot on meditation practice and I I listen it's mostly I listen to his audiobooks and I just get so I'm just like yes I'm going to do this because this is going to make a positive difference in my life and then I sit there and I try to meditate and all I can think about is like man I would rather be doing absolutely anything other than this at this particular moment right now. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a discipline and it's a discipline that I can't do. I admire people that meditate tremendously. Um, and I, I do believe it can make a positive difference in your life, but I just, I, I I'm still working it out for sure. You know what I like about you, Boat, is that you have, a, a, and I'd like to think I've got a little of this, but you've got a buckets of it is un, unyielding optimism towards stuff. Just, <laughs> you know, you're like, man, it, I mean, it, it fades. If, right, you know, you're, right. You're, but I mean, you're always, no matter what it is, you're like, you know, I'm going to be a coal miner. Great, you yeah. Know, I'm going to, I know, can like, get I'm into it. Sailing or whatever. You're always over the top. Which I right. love that. Right, absolutely. It's uh, it's it's funny because uh, I feel like I can be curious about anything, but the problem is, is that once the curiousness fades, then it then it becomes an issue. So, but at any rate, we move on to Mitsuyama, and he asks, you are about to take the ring to battle it out for the WWE Intercontinental Championship, or whatever, I don't know about wrestling. What do you walk out to? <laughs> I've thought about this quite a bit, actually. And there's a theme that no one uses, and I think it would be awesome, right? And it's it's from the, it's from the Cowboy Bebop. It's the theme tank. I love oh, that yeah. song. Yeah, it's got that awesome bum, opening. Bum, bum, and, it, bum, and you don't bum, come out until the guy goes three, two, one. Let's go. Yeah, that's when you that's when you come out. I love There's, it. It's a real up and uppity you know song. So I would come out to that. I think that that's awesome. I had a different answer, but I strike that from the record because I too would come out to the Cowboy Bebop theme. We would we be a tag, tag team. Tag up, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's a the great tanks. tune. <laughs> All right. Uh, Rushi asks, what female cast member of the show, Friends, do you feel best represents you? Did you watch Friends? Never one day? episode. I did. I No, I don't like Friends, but I have seen some. You know, you're in their room or something. Um, I don't think really that any of them represent me well, but I'm going to go with Phoebe just because she's a little goofy and I uh, uh, I could tolerate her. But uh, yeah, I don't think none of the friends, if they had a friends composed of people like me, 
and you, it would be a much different show. <laughs> Very true. It'd be the young ones. I, I never watched Friends. I associated that show. My sister was obsessed with it, so I just yeah. I, I filed it away as something my sister would enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Um, is using a controller with a turbo or auto fire button cheating? Hell no. I need all the help I could get. A, a turbo graphics, baby. That's the big draw for me. The button with the automatic gimmick on mm -hmm. it. Love it. Uh, uh, no. It, it, that's all fair play to me. In fact, I don't think anything's cheating, including cheating. It doesn't bother me. If you just do what you want. Whatever makes you have fun. You I know? agree. It's a game. It's a game. Yeah. Play the game. Yeah. What's the longest road trip you've ever been on? Where was it? Oh, God. Where did I go last week? <laughs> um, I have driven from uh, my house here to Houston straight. I was going to say, that's the longest. That's got to be the longest you've ever been on. Yeah. Well, we also drove to, we drove, one time we drove to Dallas straight, and then we drove to Houston straight, and they're they're both pretty long trips. I mean, straight trips. Uh, but, how, how many hours? Oh, I'd say. I'm going to look it I up right now. Houston, 20, 22 hours, 20 hours, something like that. Dallas, probably 18, something like that. That's just a guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that that's that's that sounds about right. Yeah, uh, um, it's a it's a it's not the worst. It's funny thing is you don't really I don't really consider the road trip starting until you hit Nashville or Memphis. Mm. That's when because I've I've made that run enough to where I'm just like okay, once you get to Memphis, then you're in you're out of your neighborhood there, mm -hmm. and then that's and of course you think about this to other countries, they'd be like they think you're nuts because I mean that that's going across part of Europe and right. you, you know so, but I mean I know enough to get to Memphis pretty well and then, but after that you're going down through Arkansas and that's and Texas and then you those are and Texas is like its own huge country I mean it's you're in that country forever basically mm -hmm. in, that, in that state so what about yeah. you so according to Google Maps it is uh, 17 hours and three minutes to get from Hurricane to Houston yeah so and that's that, so not stopping for bathroom right, right exactly yeah. Uh, my longest, the longest uh, trip I've ever taken in a car is when I used to work in Boston, and I drive back and forth from Boston, uh, and that is about thirteen hours. Um, yeah. A, that and that is a long trip, you know, to go on one on one in one go, you know, and without the without spending. Now mean, we were out in Boston. That fog out there is that's no joke. That fog is um, unbelievable. Out there. I will say that, that now that is the longest. Well, I take it back. That's the longest nonstop drive I've ever had. Um, we did uh, the probably the longest drive total that I've ever taken would be like down to Florida. Like we went to Cocoa Beach. T Cocoa Beach, actually, Cocoa Beach less than less long, shorter than I thought. Uh, it's yeah. only thirteen hours and forty minutes, so yeah. it's just a little bit longer than Boston. If you look at a map of the United States and you look where West Virginia is and you look where Boston is, you don't feel like it's that far, but it really yeah. is. Boston is a lot farther than um, the New York City is. It's so. very far north and very far east. Yeah. It's funny if you think one thing that always blows my mind, though, but if you think about it, by car, you could get in a car and drive from here to uh, West Texas. In in a in a day, mm -hmm. in a day, and that's a tremendous amount of cover. Oh yeah, we're lucky that we've got really good roads here. You've got gas stations up the whole way, so if you have the gumption, you can you can drive across the country in a couple days. Well, I truly believe that that's that's part of the American dream. The American dream is that if I had the if I had the druthers, 
I could get in my car right now and just start driving and I could be in somewhere like, you know, Oklahoma City or West Texas, you know, in one day. And then in two days I can be in Mexico, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, and, it's it's crazy to think about. I mean, yeah. you, you could do the same thing. In any, I guess, I mean, any place you could cover the same amount of ground. I guess, but I mean, over here, it, it, there's no hassle. You're right, there's no hassle. You exactly. You're just going. Yeah, exactly. It's nice that we like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, which streaming video services are you currently using the most? YouTube, YouTube by a long shot. Uh, with, uh, uh, I would say it would be YouTube one. Twitch would be probably a distant second. Mm-hmm. Not well. Netflix would probably be second, I guess. Then because the, and the family uses Netflix a lot, but I, I don't use it that much. What about you? For me, it's definitely YouTube, hundred yeah. um, percent. I I mentioned to you that I recently purchased YouTube TV, which is YouTube's basically cable service. Uh, I've been watching a lot of golf lately, so that's probably number two. Number three is Netflix. Uh, number four is Crunchyroll. I love my slice of life anime. Um, and, uh, Twitch is probably number five. Mm -hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, speaking of Twitch, do you watch any non-video game themed Twitch channels? So this is non-video game themed. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Defunct Land. That's not Twitch. That's YouTube. Oh, I'm sorry. Twitch. I'm sorry. My bad. Um, you know, it's funny. I don't watch that much stuff on Twitch, to be honest with you. So no, I'd be my answer. No, I don't watch any video. Non, I didn't know. I don't think there's. Is there a lot of non-video games? There's stuff a. On there? There's a ton. There's a ton. It's a huge. It's a huge market for Twitch. They're actually trying to. I wouldn't say turn their backs on the video game community, but they're trying to expand and make Twitch a thing that's not just for video games. So yeah. Um, I know that. Uh, like there's a Bob Ross channel that shows nothing but Bob Ross twenty four seven stuff like yeah. that. Uh, but yeah, me neither. I don't watch anything on Twitch that's not video games. Um, what was the last physical audio CD that you purchased? Titanic soundtrack. Man, that's a long time ago. Well, no, it could have been yesterday. I when mean, did you buy still, it? They still sell it. When did you buy Titanic it? Titanic was out. So 1997 was the last time that you bought a physical CD. Yes. That's insane. I get, you're not really a big music guy, so I guess I don't hold that against Wait, you. I but, like music. I just don't um, buy it. Listen, it's all free all the time, right. man. Uh, the yeah. last physical CD that I bought was Skylarking by XTC uh, because you cannot buy that any other way. You have XTC. to buy... Yeah, you have to buy the uh, the, the physical CD. Uh, you, can't buy, you can't buy it on iTunes or on Bandcamp or anything like that. So... Um, yeah, I buy most of the music that I like. I shell out money for because I'm a music supporter. So well, uh, I will say now, I, I, I'm not going to throw my I'm not going to throw myself under the bus this time. I don't pirate any. I don't pirate. You any just music don't listen to a lot of music. No, I just I don't mind listening to like the radio or, or on YouTube. And mm-hmm. I can listen to any song I want on YouTube instantly, and I can listen to the radio, and also I can listen to like like I've got a thing set up right here that plays like. Uh, Lady, I mean, specific stuff. Ladies' vocals, chill music. Oh, trust I me, I know. That. I see that pop up on our YouTube channel yeah. all the time. And so I, swear, yeah. I just put it on and just, I've got other crap going on. I don't have time to just sit there and like listen to the song and be like, oh, yeah. Sure, I understand. Um, do you use a mechanical keyboard? Yes, I, we bought both. Both. I, I do not. I use, this is my keyboard. I bought this in Thailand in uh, 2010 when I lived oh. there, and I still have it. This is a cheap $20 Logitech wireless USB keyboard, and I like it. So eat it, uh, Cherry Switch I will say, Kilobytes and Caffeine did a couple shows on uh, 
mice and keyboards made by like a uh, they're like specialty items and they look good and i thought to myself you know that wouldn't be it would be kind of neat to have a really awesome mouse i mean i've got like uh you know i'm like you i've got like the crap mouse like this, it's like a lenovo or something mm-hmm. you know it still crushes the tank mouse don't get me wrong <laughs> but you know what i mean next up cal bird boy asks you're about to take the ring to battle lord sauron Will the tacky psyche effect? Okay, I'm going to read this question first. Okay, I think that this is another wrestling walk-up question. Um, because I'm going to read you the question. You tell me if you can understand it. All Will right. the tack psyche effect prevent you from properly recognizing your walkout cue once you're invisible? Would this conf- concern force you to pick an up-tempo track? If so, would you choose a polka? Is this from Roll Row? Who who wrote? No, this is this is the cowboy boy. Okay. He's putting on his best Roll Row face for this. Yeah, one. no kidding. Don't try. Mm-hmm. He's he's jumping in bed with the master there. Uh, I don't know what I don't know what that meant. No, it would not prevent it because my face it doesn't change. I could drop that ring in there by God. I would no sell it, man. Okay. The pressure wouldn't affect me. Simulant asks. It always seems when someone has to do something rather for fun, they tend to not like it as much because it becomes work. In all honesty, do your podcasts and videos ever become a chore rather than fun? You always sound <laughs> like you're having fun, but I wondered is as you have timely, regular schedules and deadlines to always meet, Discord to check, etc. <laughs> well, why don't you tackle this? Okay, first, doing the podcast, doing all of the shows that we have done in the past, they have never once felt like work. What feels like work is all of the back-end stuff. It's the work. <laughs> yeah, all of the uploading files, waiting for Anchor to process the files, splitting them up, putting in the ad, uploading to YouTube, putting in all the information, all that stuff, yes, it definitely feels like work. Um, now, when I'm sitting here talking to you about playing the game or playing the game, no. Heck no, because that's not work. That's fun. I love that stuff. It's. It reminds me, of, like, you hear these bands go on tour. Remember that, uh, James, uh, remember that, uh, what was the name of that song? Stay just a little bit longer. The whole song's about going to these different towns, setting up all the crap, and mm-hmm. all he wants to do is go on the stage and play the piano for a little bit longer for us to take all the crap down. That's the way the podcast is. It's like, when we're actually doing the show, it's great, but the back end is, it can be annoying. And yeah. uh, and every once in a while, if we're playing a game that I just am not down with, I'm trying my best. I'm just like getting frustrated. I'm like, man, this is, this is killing me. You know, because I never played this game, so mm-hmm. there have I'm not gonna say it's never happened. All that said, though, Vote uh, uh, knows me, and I know him. We do all this stuff. We would be doing the exact same stuff pretty much anyway, except we'd have less stuff to play with because we wouldn't know about a lot of this stuff that we found out about. So it's never, uh, it's not one of these time to make the donuts sort of deals. I mean, we're ready, we're always ready to rock and roll. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Just like stream, it's the same way. It's just fun. Just fun thing to do for no good reason so yeah yeah it's not work yeah simulant also asks i know you're a couple of trek fans but did you ever get into red dwarf i've never even seen it uh, as much famous as that show is i've never watched any of them and i it's on the list you know it's but i never have gotten around to seeing them yeah i watched the first episode it's been i mean 15 years so i should probably give it another shot too um any thoughts on wallace and gromit or sean the sheep uh, I have not, I know of them, not something I've gotten into or watched. Yeah, I, I you know, you've heard of Euro Dance Trash. This is like UK claymation. I don't know. It's sort of a thing. Um, I like Euro Dance Trash. 
Chris Folds wants us to discuss the Loch Ness Monster being spotted by a walker as new pictures spark the Nessie debate. You were real excited about this bit, weren't you, Bo? Oh, you, yeah. You well, I want you to talk on it first. I did see the picture. Uh, you remember In Search Of with Leonard Nimoy? I do. I love that show. I love it, too. Teresa's going back and watching them all. She's on season, like, four now. She's going back, and she's her knowledge is off the charts. We were chatting about it, but... The first place I ever heard a lot of this monster was on that show back when it when it originally aired. By the way, <laughs> that's how old I am, and I was like fascinated by the possibility of this. And at the time, there had been there had been some stuff done, but it, in the, in the past decade or so, they have blanketed that thing with radar, and I, and so I guess what I'm saying is I'm not buying it. I think they've pretty much debunked the whole Nessie uh, gimmick. Uh, when that doctor came out and said that he had for, faked the famous photo. Mm -hmm. That really put the kibosh on a lot of it, you know. Yeah. So. Well, it's funny because many people had spent their whole careers proving how the doctor photo was real. You know, yeah. like they analyzed the shadows and the ripples and all this stuff. But let me tell yeah. you something. Yeah. Out of all the paranormal crap out there. um, No, I won't say all the paranormal crap, but out of all the, the what do you call it? Cryptozoid? Cryptozoological. Yeah, yeah. Of all that stuff, I think Nessie has got the best chance of being real. And I'll tell you why. Because there are like tunnels and all kinds of stuff that like they lead out of Loch Ness and out into the open water. So who's to say that once Nessie got word that they were going to do a, a radar scope of this thing, that she just didn't slip into one of those tunnels out of the North Sea. She's playing around in all that Norwegian oil, getting crazy. And then what as soon she, as... She got a stooge? Yeah. That told her they were going to... She's got people working on the inside and the outside. Why? That's how Are she keeps her charm. Her? Yeah. Is she paying them? Well, it's, it's sort of a profit sharing. So anyway, Nessie rolls back in once all the radar stuff is gone. And now she's cruising around. And this is just the latest, you know, every once in a while, she's got to keep people interested. It's just a little bit of the hump. Just a little hump as they go out. Well, I'm not buying it. I think they've drudged and radar the crap out of that lock. I'm not saying you can't have a sea creature somewhere. And maybe at some point in the past, there was something that rolled into the lock and left. I mean, all that's possible. But I, I don't think there's a permanent dinosaur living there. Hmm. Uh, frankly, I want to, you know, I'm like Mulder. I want to believe, but mm -hmm. hey, I also need some proof of something. And, you know, I, this, I saw this picture. It didn't do it for me. <laughs> um, let's see. The kit car has quite a non-conventional F1 style steering wheel. Do you think this would cause problems for Michael when doing maneuvers and three point turns? Is that from kit? Uh, this is no, this is from simulant. <laughs> We just got. We, we just do said, have. We do have a kit in our Discord. He's a Knight Rider though. fan. Yeah. Um, no, that would not be a problem because Kit could just do it himself. Right. That's, That's exactly point. what I was going to say. Kit does not need Michael. If you think for one second, Kit can't go around and Knight Rider himself up and down he the street. Has. He does it yeah, all the time. He does it all the time. You know, you've got. You watch Knight Rider, right? Yeah. So you remember what the evil Kit was called? No. Car. Dumb. And you know what the, do you remember what the semi-evil kit semi-truck was called? Semi? I think he's called Goliath, I think. Also dumb. You know? Can yeah. you imagine that? Have you ever seen that? What was that movie, Maximum Overdrive? Oh, you ever yeah. Seen that? Probably the dumbest concept for a movie that's ever that's existed. A, hey, I love that movie because it revels in its own stupidity. <laughs> that's true. That's it's true. got a rocket soundtrack, too. Uh, but I, I, I think that movie's great. But the idea that vehicles come alive and take over the world, we should be so lucky. 
That's true. That's <laughs> it can only be an improvement, please. right? Yeah. Lord Soup asks, is it time that we had an Airwolf video game a la Comanche Maximum Overkill or even an A-Team Tactics game? Who, who asked this one? Uh, Lord Soup. Soup, it's, your question is timely, my friend, because, you know, we're doing the Enterprise 64 slash 128 this week on ARG Presents. And one of the games I seriously considered doing was the Airwolf game. Really? Isn't your ringtone the Airwolf theme? It is. My ringtone is the Airwolf theme. Um, The truth of the matter is that game was, uh, and I can't speak for the C64 version, but on the Enterprise, it sucked. It sucked. I couldn't do it. I couldn't pull the trigger. It was too bad. So I I didn't do it. But uh, Airwolf... No, I don't think it's time for an Airwolf game because as I used to watch that show and I, I thought it was an okay show. I love the theme. I like Artist Board Nine, uh, but that helicopter did a bunch of stupid crap, including doing <laughs> loops and crap, which I could never abide. That uh, 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 the I just and it was unlike say an A Team. A Team was pretty much rocking from the start of the show. It was dumb, but the start of the show was rocking. At the end, it was rocking. Right. Airwolf right. would be kind of slow. And, you know, and it's just kind of dumb. You know, Airwolf's blowing away jets and stuff. These, <laughs> What are you doing here? One helicopter's this bad? I don't think so. so no, I'm not buying it. But I like, the, I like the show. Okay. It's okay. And finally, Aaron, what would you like to have a ruddy good rant or vent about? You know, normally I'm, I'm agitated about something. Right. Yeah, you know, why don't you go first? What do you what's what's got you got anything? Because you'll you'll give a good rant now and again. You know, I it's hard for me right now because everything in my life is going so well. Uh, hey, we could both we could do a double rant on one thing. I guess you know probably the biggest thing is the freaking internet. I fr- I That's hate it. I hate Bam. I hate the internet. In the yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna call them out. Suddenlink Communications LLC here in the United States. Yeah. In, in West Virginia, this is our only option for broadband. They rake you over the coals in terms of pricing. They have zero customer service. You're calling a call center far, far, far in the depths of India to get any service whatsoever. And I have nothing against the people that are working in the call center. They just don't know anything either. They're not giving any information. I called to inquire about a TV and internet package because there was one that was advertised to me. I wanted to get back into watching some golf on TV. And they gave me the runaround. They made me schedule an appointment. They signed me for up for all kinds of services that I didn't want. Then when I called to cancel the services, they wouldn't even send somebody out to pick up the extra boxes and stuff. They're like, you need to confirm they've actually arrived, even though the, there was a FedEx thing that I got that said, hey, this thing's coming on the way. It's sitting in my, it's sitting in my kitchen right now. The internet in West Virginia, is the it's got to be the worst anywhere in the civilized world. It just can't get any worse than what it is well, right now. I think it's I think it does get worse, but I think where you've got it cornered is the quality per money that you pay. We pay tons of money for crap. Right. Crap. I mean, America's got expensive internet anyway, but we've got expensive internet that also is oh by the way crap. Boats right. No customer support. No help. The continuous charges at the yin yang. Our cable has went up. When I first started signed up for the broadband package, it was like forty two bucks. I'm like that. Mm-hmm. I don't have cable, and I'm paying over a hundred dollars a month. Yeah. What am I paying for? I don't have. I don't rent a modem. I don't have a box. I don't have anything, and I'm paying all this money for crap. Yeah. You're right. That it's the worst. The, yeah. By the way, the fact that you got suckered into this, 
don't tell this to the people that are your new job. Don't because this they you've got to be smarter than that, Bo. You can't let them get you with these sweetheart deals. That's how they screw you. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know? To me, I can abide. Like for example, when I used to be a Mac owner, okay, you used to pay a ton of money to get on board with the Mac. You're paying twice or three times more likely uh, for the same computer than you could buy on a PC. However, if something went wrong and if I needed support, I could call their support line and I would be talking to somebody that knew what they were talking about, okay? Um, they would not give me the runaround. They would not try and upsell me on stuff that I didn't want. Um, so I wouldn't mind, say for example, say Suddenlink, you have to pay more than normal, okay? If I could get decent customer support or if I could get a consistent stream, a consistent down and upstream, I would be happy paid in premium. I mean, I wouldn't be happy, but I wouldn't be enraged. But with Suddenlink, you literally get nothing. You get not consistent service, you get a high price, and you get customer service that doesn't know what they're doing. So it's yep. no good. Yeah, and we've got to do a we've got to do a uh, 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 a a a charity event with your shoddy internet, and, and so we're once again we're at the I mean, it could go south in a hurry. I mean, mm -hmm. there's nothing you can do about it. Right. You know, it's it's uh, horrible. Hor and they don't give a crap. Much like everybody else, the West Virginia is the lowest priority on this on their scales by a long shot. So, yeah, there's your rant right there. Yeah. All right, and that's going to do us for this edition of July 2020 Ask the Amigos. We want to thank all the fine folks that have joined us in chat. We've got uh, another TT viewer, Aten Bitstorm. Bristle Rick, Buck Owens, Commander Root, Creepy Dead Boy, Dancing Wolf, Dedicated Lurking 9 to 5, Delamort 78 Feet, Frodo NL, Knight Rider 82, Lurks, Mitsuyama, Pack Billy, Picard 2010, Remastino, Rubber Slayer, Still Adolescing, The Imp 1987, Themendrian, VNK, Vigapraz, Wishbone, and Z9K9. And of course, we give a special shout out and thank you to the one and only legend, Pixels at Dawn Gaming, for being our moderator. Did you see this guy called Feet? Yeah, Feet. Straight Just feet? up. Mm. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, guys, we will see you next month for another edition of Ask the Amigos. We'll see you next time. Adios. Adios.